Hi everybody, this is Julie Kerr, writer and director of the indie nerdy comedy um, Geek Love Funk. And today's episode is a, a movie review of Kajillionaire. Um, I guess I've been meaning to do this for over a year. And um, because I really like this movie, um, I also want to say Happy Mother's Day um, to everybody. I talked to my mom for an hour. Um, she had a good day. Uh, yeah, and she's cool. <laughs> um, I wish I could go to Colorado more often. That's where my family lives. And Colorado is like a really beautiful, chill, awesome state. So I totally recommend. And the mountains. The mountains are really beautiful in Colorado. So I like totally recommend um, uh, going to Colorado if you ever want to go. Um, the other thing I want to say is today <laughs> Today I was at a coffee shop and I, I had a very mild, um, uh, unpleasant uh, situation, but it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. So, uh, but I guess, I guess the biggest thing I want to say is um, someone, um, someone initiated a conversation with me and then there was kind of microaggressions, like, and it was just, um, uh, odd, <laughs> but that's okay. So I guess what I want to say is like, <laughs> the thing I was getting microaggressions about is I, I like to go to a coffee shop. Uh, I like coffee. And by the way, coffee is like a natural boo mood booster. Um, uh, that's what Brendan Burchard said. And I feel like it's true because I do get happy when I drink coffee. So I've, I've heard a couple of people say that, that coffee is a natural mood booster. And the other thing I want to say was that uh, the other thing I like to do is um, I already did a, a book review of The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, which has sold millions of copies. And I saw an interview that said um, that Julia Cameron... Oh, I saw a recent interview that Julia Cameron said that The Artist's Way, it came out in the 90s, but it's still selling really well. And I think that's really cool because the book is really good. Um, I highly recommend it. It's called The Artist's Way. It's a really good read um, written by Julia Cameron. Um, and one of the biggest things she says in that book, and I've, if you're following my podcast, um, you already know this because it's only a couple episodes ago I did a review of The Artist's Way, which is a great book. But one of the biggest things she recommends is the morning pages. And I got to tell you, I've been doing the morning pages for about a year now. And I love them. And it's just three pages of free form journaling. Because um, what I want to say is like, uh, there's been a lot of studies, according to Brendan Burchard, and I trust Brendan Burchard. He's an author. Um, you can totally uh, Google him. Uh, he, you know, he's uh, written a couple books, and you know, he's got tons of followers, and and he has a master's degree, and he, I don't know, his stuff's good. I like his stuff a lot. But okay, what was I talking about? Journaling, yeah. Okay, so he said studies have shown that like journaling's really good for. Um, it's really good for your mental health. And to be honest, I've been journaling, especially doing morning pages for about a year. I've been doing like some form of a gratitude journal that I've been doing for a couple of years. Um, but a gratitude journal for me, like that takes like less than a minute. I just jot down five awesome things that happened that day. And it's pretty easy because it's usually little stuff like usually it's coffee. <laughs> 
usually I had a really good cup of coffee. That's usually what it is. And I like coffee. Okay. And I'm not getting paid. There are no coffee companies paying me to say that. Or tea today. I also had a really good uh, cup of tea. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I had jasmine green tea. It was so good. It's just like, you know, coffee, tea. Man, does that make life amazing. It's the little stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. Uh, All right. (laughs) So, but... I don't know. So the microaggressions I feel like I got today and that's okay. But um, it was just that I was journaling. I was doing my morning pages and I got to tell you, morning pages really, really, really work. They're very cathartic. They're not expensive because therapy is expensive. You know what I'm saying? And so morning pages is it's just three pages of free form writing. And it's it's very low pressure because um uh, you know, if I sit down to write a screenplay, you know, I'm like, yo, this has got to be good. You know, I tell myself. And so there's a little bit of pressure, you know, I was like, make it good, make it funny, make it awesome. But with morning pages, there's no pressure because it's just like free form journaling. It doesn't have to be good. No one has to read it. It can be silly. I can, um, I can just describe all my favorite kinds of bagels and, all of them. I like all bagels. (laughs) Like it doesn't, it doesn't have to be some, it doesn't have to be Shakespeare or, you know what I mean? Like, or Toni Morrison, like geniuses, those people are geniuses. Like morning pages is so low pressure. It's just like, you can just write like silly stuff. The other thing I like about morning pages, and I've said this, like it was very liberating because, uh, I do gratitude journal at night so that I can just like, um, you know, I can just like, uh, yeah, gratitude journal is at night because I want to end on a positive note at the end of the day so I can get to sleep, you know, uh, so I can get to sleep well. But what I like about morning pages is like Julia Cameron. And so gratitude journal, I totally recommend a gratitude journal, like I 1000%. But I got to tell you for a gratitude journal to work, you got to do it for at least like, 30 days you're training your brain on how to see the good stuff in the world and there's a lot of good stuff in the world a lot of good stuff in the world and it's usually the small stuff you know what I mean so but with morning pages like uh I I said this a couple episodes ago but what I like about morning pages is I and Julia Cameron said it's okay you know I can complain and I can be silly and I can piss and moan basically and I don't and I used to piss and moan a lot and that's okay I forgive myself and but now at 39 I don't like to encourage a lot of pissing and moaning because like you know like at the end of the day I think I want to pull my britches up and and if there's things in my life I want to change I want to change them so I think kind of twiddling my thumbs and and pissing and moaning like it's not something I want to stay in a lot if that makes sense, you know what I mean? So, cause I used to dwell, dwelling or rumination. Like I used to do that and, and that's okay that I used to do that. Like, but I was kind of like making myself miserable or, or I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but, but, um, but with morning pages, it's like, for me, it's like a designated place where I can complain about silly stuff I can be kind of negative if I want to be negative and, and I can, you know, just, it's, it's so low pressure, you know, it's just three pages of of free form writing. And I got to tell you, like, I don't think it's like, I'm not, 
I'm not a sadistic person. I don't enjoy hurting people at all. So uh, I guess like even when I journal in my morning pages, I'm never like mean or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I'm just I'm just not that person. But but I mean, I've been an asshole in my life because we all have. But I'm ashamed of the times I've been an, an asshole, you know. So I've dedicated my life to being like Luke Skywalker because he was good. Like he dedicated himself to doing good, you know what I mean? And I don't accept the last one of the Star Wars movies where he's older. I don't accept that as canon. Sorry. <laughs> so... uh I think it was like I forget I don't even remember the name but it was the one with Ray you know I whatever I don't accept that movie as canon what they did to Luke but anyway okay this is not a Star Wars episode okay but I love Luke Skywalker and I like what he represents and he represents people who want to do good in the world um he wants to overcome his dad's legacy spoiler alert who's Darth Vader okay but back to journaling so I do find morning pages like um very uh they just they work i've been doing them for a year and they just work because um you know i i have a place where i can be silly or complain or piss and moan or whatever and it doesn't matter you know and there's a really good movie called the, the oh my god i'm totally blanking on it but the diary of I'm going to look it up, but the diary, it takes place in the UK, Bridget Jones, that's it, the diary of Bridget Jones, let me look this up, yep, the diary of Bridget Jones, it came out in 2001, and there's this part where she also journals, and it's very silly, and it's inconsequential, but yeah, and so she eventually gets to date Colin Firth, who's extremely charming in that movie, and Colin Firth, like, sees that he sees her journal and he sees that she's, like, finished filling it out. And he, in the journal, she said some not nice things about Colin Firth's character, Mark Darcy. And he, um, he, he, he looks at the journal and it's finished and it's filled out. And he goes, I see. And he leaves. And then Bridget Jones, like, in her underwear, it's a really funny scene. She runs out, like, to go get him, and she says to Colin Firth, Mark Darcy, she says, he's, she says, listen, Mark, journals are just these silly things that you just write silly things. They don't really matter. They, it doesn't mean anything. And then, of course, because Mark Darcy is smooth and he's just such a great guy, he's like, I know, I was just buying you a new one. <laughs> he was just buying her a new journal which or diary which is super sweet and kind i mean i love that movie i love mark darcy in that movie and um and i, I liked i liked their take on what journaling is journaling yes it's kind of silly or whatever but it it really works it's just cathartic and it's nice and there's nothing really bad in my journals anyway but but anyway that is to say <laughs> that this morning you know, I was at the coffee shop, I had a cup of coffee, and I was just um, doing my morning pages, like Julia Cameron says to do, and yeah, like, I was good. I would say, like, I, you know, a person came up to me and was saying kind of like, it's kind of weird, because it's just weird, I didn't get it, I didn't get it, so I was getting, I feel like, 
sort of microaggressions about journaling and it's just it's a weird thing to get microaggressions about because <laughs> i wasn't kicking a puppy i was journaling okay so but here's what i want to say like um i think like the biggest thing i want to say because like the experience was a little unpleasant today and it's not the is you know it's not the end of the world but what i want to say is um I would ask to like try uh, try if you can to um, anyone listening to this in general uh, try to use your words to be kind and build up um, and like you know this is something I used to do but it, you know I was you know raised by Darth Vader so metaphorically speaking so I used to be too critical and I also used to be too judgmental and to be honest it didn't feel good um so and i get like it was a way for me to protect myself so that's why i was doing that but um so i w- used to be like really critical really judgmental and i would and I, you know that's not good i don't recommend that to be honest so I, I used to go way too far in being judgmental and critical and then i went too far the other way because then i went too far the other way where i was like like really letting things go and being way too laid back and then letting people be mean to me and blah, blah, blah. So uh, I finally had to find the right balance where I was not judging, but also setting boundaries when I need to set boundaries. So, but the biggest thing is like the lesson I want to teach today as far as like, just use your words to be kind is what I would say, because um, yeah, just be kind. Like if people want to journal, uh, that's awesome. (laughs) let them journal um and like i said like there's a lot of studies that say journaling is really good for your mental health when my dad passed away a year ago um i did eventually my dad passed away in december in april i did go to therapy and i've gone to counseling and therapy off and on since i was like 18 or 19 and it definitely works but i know like after a while like um you run out i run out of stuff to say and my therapist was so good in 2021 like and my my family dynamics are actually not they're actually pretty uh unfortunately they're they're pretty common I don't know the statistics but I knew with my therapist the trauma I was telling her like she'd heard it before you know what I mean which is great because she knew exactly how to help me like immediately you know and so honestly in about five or six sessions like she fixed it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I told her like, wow, you like, you fixed it. Like she like family dynamics that I'd been dealing with since I was like 18. Like she, she, she was just really good. Like in an hour, she was able to like explain to me my dynamic with all my family members. I mean, I spent an hour actually on each family member <laughs> talking to my therapist and she was actually able to, um, break it down in a really lovely way where it really uh, benefited my and en- en- enhanced my relationship with my family, at least on my end. You know what I mean? So anyway, but that is to say, I just, I would say use your words to be kind. And I think maybe sometimes people don't realize when they come across like a little um, condescending or whatever. Um, and my, my friend, I actually, uh, I think everyone also would really benefit from taking an acting class because I took an acting class in college and what you learn in acting classes is like tone, like, uh, you learn a lot about, um, and you practice saying things, saying lines in different tones, you practice saying things in, um, in different ways because 
Another thing I heard Brendan Burchard say that um, he said that statistically, um, some men don't realize when they come across like a smidgen condescending. Um, and that's where the whole mansplaining myth came from. And he's like, a lot of them don't even know how they come across. And I was like, that's legit. That was that that's legit. And today I was like super, super polite because I'm a woman and I've been raised to be super polite. So you smile and you nod and you're polite because that's what you do. Like we're women are definitely raised to be accommodating and and that's what I did. I was gracious. I was accommodating. I still set boundaries. Um, you know, I did the thing that women do because we're taught to do that. So, um, and 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 you know, it's a. I'm happy to be a woman. It's a blessing to be a woman. But y'all, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> okay, today was unpleasant. It was unpleasant. Okay, but um, yeah. So anyway, if you could use your words to be kind, that would be super awesome. The other thing I want to say about coffee shops, usually when people go to coffee shops, um, at least myself included, like they're usually there to work on something. They're not usually there to socialize. You know what I mean? So I would say like a rule of thumb, if you go to a coffee shop, like I would keep the conversations kind of short, you know what I mean? Because people are trying to work on stuff and that kind of thing. Um, But like I said, I did. I I don't know. I don't know, (laughs) y'all. I don't know. All right. So. But yeah, be kind. It's okay to journal. (laughs) And I think like these days with Google, if someone's doing something you don't understand, like journaling, maybe you can Google like, why do people journal? And then you get your answers, that kind of thing. Um, I didn't realize today I would have to defend the fact that I journal. (laughs) I don't get it. Okay, but all right. Okay, y'all. Okay, moving on. So, um, what I want to say is, like, for the movie Kajillionaire, because that, that was, like, 18 minutes defending journaling. That's silly. Okay. But, all right. Um, so, uh, yeah, Kajillionaire, the reason, the biggest thing I wanted to say about Kajillionaire is, like, um, for me, like, uh, I from ages 12 to 19, I don't talk... I have talked about, it's been a while since I've talked about this, but from ages 12 to 19 for myself, I tried to like pray away the gay uh, as a lesbian and it just like didn't work. And, um, and then I believe like, and I've made really long videos about this, you know, I believe this is who God wants me to be and to quote um, Lady Gaga, the, uh, the, my joke is the theologian, theologian. She's a pop star, but she has a great song called uh, Born This Way and God Makes No Mistakes. Um, And then I was recently thinking about dating men or, you know, making out with men, etc. And I think I was, I don't know, I don't know, but I, I had to remind myself like, I've I've been down that that rodeo before, so to speak, and I had a boyfriend in high school, and uh, we're from small town Virginia, so uh, small town Virginia, like people can get early, kind of young, and so um, I really thought I was in love with him, or I I did love him, like I loved him with all my heart. I um, I thought I desired him, and I did desire him. 
for sure like we would make out and stuff <laughs> and but i think but i knew in my heart of hearts like th- this wasn't quite it you know and my and my boyfriend who was really sweet like he was like you know julie he was the one who was like he was 17 i was 17 his dad was a minister my dad was a minister and keeping it real both our dads were kind of assholes so but we were we but we still thought we still loved god and we still loved jesus not trying to convert anybody just explaining where i'm coming from like we knew that god was cool and we knew that jesus was cool it's just that our dads were not cool <laughs> so we both understood that dynamic because like within a church your dad can be like a little mini celebrity so to speak um but then you go home and you see their gnarly side and um, y'all, I'm putting it lightly, but you see they're not on your side and you're like, you know that they're not, you know, you can't put them on a pedestal because you do see their gnarly side. You see their human side and you're like, ugh, you know. And so he understood the complexities of that. And um, he told me he loved me. He's like, you know, I love you. I really could see myself being with you, you know, like long, like like marriage. And I really feel like you're the one for me. He said that to me. Um, and he was sweet. Like, I, I mean, I mean, if I was actually straight, I totally would have married him. Like legit, totally would have married him. And to be honest, I feel like we would have been very happily married, you know, um, cause he's just such a great guy. Um, he was funny and smart and he was all of the things. Um, but yeah. And once I realized like legit, like I was gay, um, yeah, I remember, like, when we broke up, we were over the phone because he was, like, a freshman in college. I was a senior in high school. There, We were only, like, a year apart. But I remember on the phone when we broke up, like, I remember him, like, um, sobbing, like, crying sobbing. And I was crying, too, because, like, I... I wanted to desire him. Like, I, I, I wanted to... Uh, you know, and I wanted to want him like that. I wanted to be, to be straight, you know what I mean? And it just, um, I just, I'm just gay. Like, you know, that's what, that's who, you know, that's who God wanted me to be. So in my belief system, you know, so I, but the thing is like the part where, and he understood like the part where I broke his heart, but I didn't, like I said earlier, I'm not statistic. So, I didn't want to break his heart and I was breaking my own heart by not, I don't know. So, but that is to say like when we broke up, um, yeah, I, I, oh, I know what it was. It's like, I don't, I don't ever want to, uh, break a man's heart like that ever again, because it's like, it's, it's not, it, it, you know, he understood and we were, we were literal kids. He was, I mean, you know, we were 17, 18 years old, but the part where he was crying and he's heartbroken and but he understood i mean talk about maturity talk about a very mature 18 year old and he was christian i mean you know talk about a very mature 18 year old boy um telling me like hey like you know maybe god made you gay to help other gay people which is very sweet and gracious of him considering you know he fell in love with me and I definitely, I definitely loved him. Um, but is that is to say, like, I don't, I, I don't ever want to, uh, break a man's heart like that ever again, because 
Um, because yeah, I'm just, I just don't want to do that. And so, um, yeah, I was, anyway, whatever, at the end of the, at the end of the year 2021, I was just feeling lonely and, and then y'all dating in San Francisco. I know dating is complicated everywhere. Another great thing about going to therapy, I was able to tell some of my dating, uh, trials and tribulations and my therapist was totally like, excuse me, empathetic and like, yo, dang, that's really hard. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, I got validation. I got so much validation from my therapist. And then I switched churches, which is great. I was going to the wrong church and nothing but love for that church. But I was really going to the wrong church. So now I'm going to a better one uh, as a lesbian and it's gay affirming, blah, blah, blah. And also, again, I'm not trying to convert anyone to Christianity, blah, blah, blah. I'm just explaining my story. So, okay. So, um, so yeah, so that is to say like, dating in SF San Francisco is can be kind of tough like some you know but that what I like about old school sex in the city uh from the 1990s like back in the day like and I know like I'm sure in 2022 there are things about it that are problematic but what sex in the city did in the 1990s which was like super revolutionary at the time but it was it was kind of saying like hey, it's okay to be, like, a woman who's single. <laughs> and then it was also just saying sometimes amazing, awesome people just are single. There's nothing necessarily, like, wrong with them and that kind of thing. And, and that, you know, in the 19... That was a very progressive thing to say. Like, um, Charlotte, Samantha, um, Carrie, and the other one... Who? I'm totally... Miranda. Right. So overall, I feel like, you know, I know it's basically a show about rich white ladies in Manhattan. I've never even been to Manhattan. So it's pretty much science fiction for me when I watch Sex and the City. But but the four women in the show are like, um, they're I think they're likable. You know what I mean? I think they're charming. I love Charlotte and I love Charlotte and Samantha. I think they're they're my two favorites on the show. And um but yeah, it's like, I think that they're basically, it's four amazing, awesome, wonderful women. They just happen to be single, you know what I mean? So that, and that was kind of a revolutionary thing to say at the time. It was saying like, hey, sometimes people are just single and there's nothing like, there's nothing wrong with them, you know what I mean? So anyway, but what I was able to do in talking to my therapist was just like, uh, in 2021, it's just like, oh, dating, y'all. Dating's hard, like, when I date, like, they're either, like, legit married, like, legit, like, legally married, you know, that's my bad, I went on three dates with a married lady, and then, or they're, you know, I'm not, like, kinky enough, and y'all, I'm, I'm saying, like, San Francisco kink, <laughs> y'all, that ain't no joke, so, I'm either, I mean, I don't know, y'all, so, <laughs> okay, uh, San Francisco kink makes Fifty Shades of Grey look like, a Disney movie. That's all I want to say. Okay. So I'm either not kinky enough or I'm not butch enough or, um, you know, I don't know. So, uh, cause I'm kind of a tomboy. So I'm somewhere in the middle. Um, just, you know, dating is, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough, but I know dating's hard for everybody. And it, sometimes it feels you're, like you're doing your homework. I know, I know it's like a universal tough thing, regardless of, sexual orientation regardless of gender like you know dating can just be like not always easy and that kind of thing so uh, I, get, I, I get all that okay so what is all this this is a long intro why why are we talking about cajillionaire what i like about cajillionaire is that 
Um, okay, there's like two movies, considering I'm a filmmaker. Oh, and also my really dear friend, a gay guy friend, texted me. And he's and he very sincerely was like, Julie, like, what's some really great lesbian, you know, um, entertainment? And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> um, I was trying to think like he tried the L word. It wasn't his cup of tea. I love the L word. Um, but like, I know what he means because he was looking for really good writing and he's looking for like, you know, what I mean, like all the things, something that's just really good. And I was like, well, try Saving Face, which is a an amazing movie a really cute romantic comedy about two women falling in love i was like well try saving face fantastic movie joan chen's in it i mean it's such a good movie it's it's a classic uh produced by will smith i mean i don't know that's pretty cool so it's like try saving face and then i was like try kajillionaire so the thing i wanted to say about saving face and kajillionaire is like you know, like dating's tough and, you know, sometimes I do the woe is me thing where it's like maybe life would be easier if I was straight, you know what I mean? And like maybe, well, maybe it would be easier if I was straight. Like I wouldn't have to deal with homophobia and all those things. And a big reason why I came to the Bay Area is because I'm LGBTQ and the Bay Area is a tough place because <laughs> it's so expensive and and it, like, maybe, you know what I mean? Could have, should have, would have. Maybe things would be easier for me if I was straight. But, like, I, I'm not. And I have to, I have to. And, and, you know, if I, you know, when I was feeling really lonely in um, 2021, and, you know, and I was, like, thinking about being with guys or whatever, it's like, you know, I had to remind myself, like, I've already, I've already been down that rodeo so to speak and it's like even if I were to date a guy or what have you it's like it it doesn't make the gay go away like I'd still be gay you know what I mean and so I think like legit I like I can't speak for legit bisexuals because I just I don't fall in love with men like if I couldn't be in love with um Andre then you know what I mean like and and I loved Andre with all my heart so if I couldn't be with Andre the way he wanted me to be with him, you know, in the most altruistic way ever. Like, he was such a sweet, wonderful boyfriend. I, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's like, anyway, I got, you know, I'm, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm a lesbian. And I guess, I guess I wish it was easier sometimes, but, um, but it's okay. You know, it's okay. Like, I know that, God has a plan for me and I know like everything's going to work out. And I always think about, you know, it's funny, I was strumming through Instagram and I always think about the most, in my opinion, the most lovable lesbians that I know. And the most lovable lesbians that I know, I don't know them, but that I think of like as role models is they're actually comedians. It's um, Fortune Feimster. I've seen her do comedy and oh my God, y'all, she's so like, Oh, and I took a picture with her. She's so adorable. She's so funny. She's happily married. She puts on a really good comedy show. I've seen her do comedy twice. She totally took a picture with me. She's just so sweet. So Fortune Feimster, um, Tignataro. I also saw, saw Tignataro up here in SF a long time ago. But Tignataro, I saw her do a pod. I saw her do two podcasts live. She is so funny. Oh my gosh, like. We were rolling, <laughs> laughing, and it was just a podcast, so she wasn't even doing stand-up. She was just being herself and answering questions in podcasts. She was so funny. So 
Tignataro, and the other one I haven't gotten to see in in person yet, but Wanda Sykes. So uh, I also so lovable Wanda Sykes. So you know, and it's so funny. I was strumming through my Instagram because you know I was feeling far. Excuse me, I was feeling sorry for myself for being a lesbian. How it's hard sometimes, and la la la. And I want to I want to give props to my therapist in 2021. My 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 therapist was. This might be awkward, but I just want to give you a visual. My therapist was a heterosexual woman, African-American, lived somewhere in the, the Midwest. We did therapy through um, through BetterHelp, so like on the phone, you know, like a FaceTime type of thing. Anyway, so, but she, what I love about her, she wouldn't let me feel sorry for myself for being gay, and I really liked it. She's like, no, 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 Julie, like, I get what you're saying, and homophobia is a thing, and I get it, but life is hard. It's hard for everybody, you know, you we're not going to go down that road where, where you're feeling sorry for yourself. And I was like, thanks, therapist. You're the best. So anyway, but sometimes I do the thing where it's hard to be gay and I'm feeling sorry for myself and la, la, la. But the thing I also do, and, you know, I think of three of my favorite comedians, Wanda Sykes, Tignataro, and, um, and uh, you know, Fortune Feimster, and just their they're all three to me so lovable and awesome and amazing and beautiful. And it's so funny. I was strumming through my Instagram and lo and behold, someone on Instagram, I think it was Wanda Sykes' wife, but in one picture, it was Fortune Feimster and her wife, Tignataro and her wife, and Wanda Sykes and, and her wife. In one picture, they took a selfie. So it's like six people. And I was like, that's amazing. Like that's three of my favorite comedians or people of all time in the same picture that and that is to say they make me feel really good about being a lesbian <laughs> so and they are definitely like my role models you know what I mean like they're and they you know they're not they seem like wonderful delightful people you know what I mean so so okay so having said that like Kajillionaire is a movie that Kajillionaire and Saving Face are two movies that make me feel really good about um, being gay in, in a really great way, in a really awesome, delightful way. And the other thing I want to say is that the the Vivian in Saving Face, and then in this in this um, in Kajillionaire, Melanie in in um, Kajillionaire, those are two like queer women who, you know, they're totally the the kind of woman I would want to date. And um, I used to make not great choices in women. <laughs> Uh, you know, I was repeating the patterns of my past and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, Vivian in Saving Face is confident and sexy and loving and kind and caring and all of the things. And in Kajillionaire, Melanie, played by Gina Rodriguez, she's like all of the things. She's like kind and caring and sweet and funny and charming and awesome. And so it does just give me hope. Like, it gives me hope, like, to keep going and keep swiping right <laughs> on the dating apps and oh y'all it just it just it's just like a nice little sign of hope um melanie and kajillionaire and like when i'm feeling sad or feeling sorry for myself and all that stuff you know i just i i've watched kajillionaire like a million times i fast forward to the melanie parts she's just like she's the knight in shining armor in this movie i mean She's delightful, and after watching Kajillionaire, I went and watched Jane the Virgin, uh, starring Gina Rodriguez, which is a great show, and kudos to Gina Rodriguez being such a good actor, because, like, 
uh, she plays Jane and Jane the Virgin, um, and then she plays um, Melanie and Kajillionaire, and they're two very different characters, very different characters. So it's like kudos to Gina Rodriguez for having so much range. So that was a really long intro, but yeah, Kajillionaire is like a delightful movie. I totally recommend it to all people, all humans of the world. Okay, so, and I'm going to use my po- my blog to talk about why I like this. Um, Kajillionaire is a great movie featuring LGBTQ plus characters. Now, um, yeah, I watched a couple of reviews of this movie. And, um, yeah, so the movie, um, okay, I'm going to say three things why I like the movie. Because, okay, so the first thing, I already talked about it. I did a huge lean uh lead in about it but um <clears throat> yeah the the best thing i would say one of the best things about the movie is Gina Rodriguez playing the character Melanie because um basically like this is kind of just a joke but the lead characters uh you know uh, Melanie is like kind of a side character you know what i mean she's like a supporting character so uh, we only get a couple of scenes where we get to know Melanie. Uh, and But it really is, because we only get a couple of scenes to get to know Melanie, it's really a testament to Gina Rodriguez's acting ability and it's a testament to Miranda July's directing ability because, you know, in these couple of scenes where we get to know Melanie, just who she is on her own, um, Miranda makes the most out of those scenes as the director and Melanie makes the most, um, Gina makes the most out of those scenes as the actor. So the camera pushes in um, a couple of times on Melanie and we get a chance to get to know her a little bit. And um, Gina, Gina, and it's all acting. There's some scenes, it's not dialogue. It's, um, there's a couple of scenes where Melanie talks to her mom and in those scenes, uh, you know, the camera pushes in. I think there's music, you know, like movie music that that comes up. But we see, um, we see Melanie. Like we know from from the acting that Melanie has. Um, there's something there. Melanie has, like I would say, maybe a complicated relationship with her mom, but something's up with her and her mom, and. You know, and her mom loves her, but you just see it in the acting where, and it's all acting. You know what I mean? It's it's because we don't get the full story of Melanie and her mom, but but the way Gina plays it, the way the the way Miranda directs it, because she gives Melanie these moments where we see like, hey, there's more going on with Melanie, and the exciting incident in the movie. At first, we get to know um, it's Deborah Winger is the mom. Her husband, I forget his name, but great. He's a really great actor. Um, he's the dad and their mean parents. And then their daughter is named Odolio, played by Evan Rachel Wood. And um, she's 26, but she still hangs out with her parents like a lot, <laughs> which is great, except that her parents are mean. Um, so the leads in the movie are Odolio and her parents, but her parents are really mean. And um, Odolio is kind of like leaning back and forth on 
Odolio, it's a long story, but Odolio starts taking these like parenting classes and she starts learning like what parenting is supposed to be. And it's starting to come together for her that, that, um, that maybe it, it like the wheels are turning in Odolio's head where it's like, oh, maybe her parents are mean, basically. And the thing about her parents, they're more like emotionally manipulative, like they're not physically abusive, but they're emotionally manipulative, they're standoffish, they don't really do anything that you would consider maternal or paternal. They're not very warm as people. So 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 yeah, you get to know Odolio and the parents. But the the exciting incident is Melanie. Um, and so in this kind of drab, the movie's kind of drab, so to speak, like purposefully so. It's like, uh, that's the best way I can put it. It's like drab. And then, um, and then the minute we see Melanie come into the movie, like all of a sudden Melanie to me represents, she represents love and warmth and goodness and um, sexiness and just, just, just sweetness, you know. The other thing I wanted to say about Melanie is that what I do appreciate about Kajillionaire is like there is sexiness in it, and I think um, that's basically what Melanie rep- she represents. Not just sexiness; she represents love, and Melanie represents like the good stuff in life in general. But the thing I like about it is, yeah, there's like a little bit of sexiness to Melanie, but to me it's subtle. And I, I kind of like that it's subtle because it's just kind of refreshing. Like, so um, I did rewatch the movie again um, because I was preparing for this review. And I realized like one of the first things we see, we see Melanie from Odolio's perspective and Odolio is sitting like, catty corner behind her so the first thing we kind of see is um melanie's shoulder and legit like especially considering how um unpleasant (laughs) how unpleasant old dolio's parents are so considering how kind of drab the movie is and this is where miranda july is extremely talented considering how like the vibe of the movie is like on purpose this is where miranda july is a genius so the movie's kind of eh, that all, all of a sudden the first thing we see is the the first time we see um, Melanie, it's Odolio can see her and she's she you can see her shoulder and it's totally like in the context it's totally sexy and it's subtle at the same time it's just a shoulder, <laughs> but it's um. It, but it's sexy. It's like it's just a smidgen. It's just a dash of sexiness, and it's super refreshing to me. It's just it's refreshing that um, the even the sexuality is seen as like kind of innocent and kind and sweet. And I I appreciate that because I don't know if LGBTQ people I don't know if we get that. One time I was talking to a gay guy friend. I might have said this in my YouTube video, but I was talking to a gay guy friend and we were just talking about like different gay guy sex scenes and movies and Queer as Folk, which is a great show, um, at least the American version. Um, But we were talking about, uh, you know, we were wondering, is there a movie and even Brokeback Mountain? I thought the sex scenes in Brokeback Mountain were kind of weird, but Brokeback Mountain was a really good movie. Like, it's definitely a great movie, but... Yeah, I always thought the I always thought the sex scenes in Brokeback Mountain were kind of weird. But we we're just kind of talking about: Are there any movies where there's two men being intimate with each other, having sex with each other, where 
they actually love and care about each other. And we were trying to, like, think, 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 go through our brains. Like, is that... I mean, maybe I'm sure it exists somewhere. Um, but I think... Well, I, and I, I feel like I was surprised because this, this was a gay guy friend who, like... I mean, no judgments. This is a gay guy friend who, like, totally will do hookups sometimes. And, and I mean, you know, that's awesome, whatevs. But, but it was interesting. Like, he was like, yeah, I wish there was, like, some sort of... A uh, gay guy movie where the two men who are having sex with each other actually love each other and care about each other, you know, like basically the the sex is, is shown as an act of love. Um, yeah, that would be nice and very refreshing. I'm sure that exists somewhere, you know what I mean. So I'm sure there's a movie somewhere where that happens, you know, because I think I think queer women the 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 the, the storylines we've gotten there is love and romance like. Uh, Willow and Tara on Buffy's really good. Like they, their relationship is so sweet and kind. But then my friend Matt, spoiler alert, my, I was like, hey, why don't you? Sh-? I was telling my friend Matt, the gay guy, I was like, hey, why don't you try, you know, Willow and Tara? Like that's a really cool storyline on Buffy. And he's like, yeah, but doesn't one of them get killed? And I was like, yeah, that's a the barrier gaze trope. So he's like, I was like, oh, Matt, <laughs> like he was getting sad and. I know it's it's hard it's hard I was like trying to find like a good basically it's saving face and kajillion there um the other one would be um uh Xena the warrior princess has cool like woman loving woman vibes but like they never outright say that they're you know like a couple so it's um yeah yeah so yeah it's tough it's tough um okay there's no like love actually you know what i mean for lgbtq people and it'd be kind of cool to get one there kind of is but i guess happiest season maybe um that was like a uh anyway okay kajillionaire but yeah i like that what i like about kajillionaire is that the sexuality is like subtle and it's it's um it's there but it's subtle and it's mainly carried by gina rodriguez um, where she's just a little more stylish. Um, the old Dolio and her parents are dressed kind of, um, like just, they just, they dress kind of odd. And I think that's definitely a choice that the costume designer made. It's definitely a choice that, um, Randy July made. So because the, you know, old Dolio and her parents are dressed kind of odd, it, that even more accentuates, um, melanie's delightfulness <laughs> that she's just more stylish and and i bring this up because it comes up like uh Odilio mentions it a little bit so yeah so anyway totally this movie's great um one of the biggest reasons is you know melanie to me is such a great character such a great depiction of of a of some kind of queer woman you know which is nice um okay the second thing i really like about this movie is and i already touched on this is miranda july uh yeah miranda july is very talented there's a part where they're in a she takes uh it's a slice of life movie she takes the ordinary and gives it moments where it feels movie-like and extraordinary and there's this part where melanie and old dolio are in a bathroom together and they're talking and it's pitch dark and then it 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 turns into stars it's a really good scene um yeah 
Um, so there's a lot of choices that Miranda July makes that are just really good, really good directing, um, just really good at casting. Um, Odolio and, uh, Melanie have a lot of chemistry. The parents, there's this monologue that Deborah Winger does where she's being a jerk. Um, but, and she nails the monologue because she's just, um, she's like mocking the concept there's this this very pivotal scene where old Dolio asks her mom, she's like, you know, could you just love me? Could you just show actions that 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 show that you love me? And she makes this list of things that she could do. And Deborah Winger um starts mocking it. She's like she's like, No, I'm not gonna call you hun. You know, we're not fake people and la la la. And so basically um, she's denying old Dolio the love that she's asking for. And that's the scene's very powerful because Odolio's mom is being an a-hole. She's like, I'm not gonna call you hun. Like, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, give you presents or make you pancakes. Like, we're not fake people. And Odolio's mom's being a jerk. Um, but what's really great in the, in that same scene, uh Melanie says, she says, I'll do it. I'll call you hun. I'll make you pancakes. Because <laughs> uh, the whole movie, um, Melanie is definitely attracted to Old Dolio. Um, Old Dolio is like an awkward tomboy played by Evan Rachel Wood, delightfully played by Evan Rachel Wood. She does such a good job. But it's uh, it's such a great such a great scene because Melanie, who represents love and goodness, is offering Old Dolio love and goodness when Odolia's mom is mocking the concept of love. So it's a very powerful scene. And thematically, the movie is just really good. I like it. Like, the movie has edge to it. The movie is... Yeah, the, I would say the movie's, like, edgy. But, like, at the same time, it's sentimental. Because, um, yeah, because basically, thematically, the movie is Odolio the play by Evan Rachel Wood, she has to choose between, you know, her crappy parents or, and that's what she's used to. She's used to crappiness. So she has to choose between her crappy parents or um, this loving, kind, beautiful, amazing woman who wants to make out with her. (laughs) Um, Melanie. So y'all decisions, decisions. (laughs) That's her choice. Um, yeah <laughs> okay but uh miranda july does a good job directing it okay the third great reason why this movie is really good is evan rachel wood so evan rachel wood does some really good comedic acting in this like she has to like be kind of like she has to deliver some sort of like awkward lines and she has to she has to <laughs> she she acts very awkward around melanie she does not know how to handle melanie <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't know what to do with herself it's very sweet to me it's really sweet because melanie to me melanie's very clearly into her um yeah and melanie does a good job of communicating with her and that kind of thing and so anyway um yeah uh the movie like just to let you know spoiler alert but the movie does have a happy ending and that's also refreshing that lgbtq people we get a happy ending in this movie we also get it in saving face which is which is nice it's really nice it it, 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 the 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 power of storytelling is super important so um 
Yeah, so it is super nice that um, that we get a, the LGBTQ people we get a happy ending in this movie. Okay, um, so I totally re- recommend Kajillionaire. Um, it, it thematically has a very sweet uh, conundrum. Uh, Oldolio has to pick between love and joy or crappiness, and I'm happy to say she makes the right decision. Um, so I totally recommend Kajillionaire. I'm glad I finally got around to reviewing it, you know, like a year after it came out. <laughs> it's on HBO Max. Um, I now have two favorite LGBTQ movies, Saving Face and Kajillionaire. Yay! And um, and I love, I do want to say I love The L Word. It's just The L Word is like a soap opera. So you know what I'm saying. So with a soap opera, they have to make it like soap opera, soap opera like um, uh, storyline. So, so the women are like cheating on each other and la la la, because you know it's a soap opera. So they have to have like dramatic storyline. So, so I love the L word. I appreciate the L word. There's a lot of great things about the L word, um, but but it is nice to like. Um, I don't know. It's nice the subtlety of Kajillionaire with Melanie. It's it's just refreshing, um, and it and it's its own version of sexiness that I like too. Um, okay, so I totally recommend Kajillionaire. It's a good movie. It's streaming on HBO Max, and I'm happy this movie exists. And yeah, the character of Melanie gives me a lot of hope. And yeah, it just gives me a lot of hope. Like everything's gonna be okay. And you know okay so i also wrote some quotes on my blog so i'm gonna go ahead and read those quotes okay so my first quote that i wrote but these are you know what i was like whatever i'm not trying to be earnesting hemingway or whatever but okay um first quote is love is good go where the love is julie kerr so yeah like if you're listening to this yeah you want to go towards the melanies in life (laughs) and away from the crappiness in life like go where the love is love feels good love is exciting love is fun love is sexy like you know i think sometimes people think like love is boring love is not boring watch kajillionaire melanie's not boring (laughs) she's exciting she's very exciting so love is good go where the love is okay my next quote is your pain will heal your anger will heal um Soon you'll feel mostly love and goodness. Keep the faith. You know, and I'm mainly saying that to myself to myself because, you know, it's I have a day job that's really hard and tough and just makes me feel sad sometimes. So uh yeah, but I wanna say that to you. You're like your pain will heal, your anger will heal, you know, you soon you'll be feel you'll feel mostly love and goodness and keep the faith. Yeah, I think soon things are gonna feel awesome and amazing. And keep the faith if you're going through a tough time right now. And I'm going through a tough time right now because, like, they, the day job gets tough sometimes. Okay. The other the other quote I have here is, yeah, this is inspired by Kajillionaire. Um, it says, excuse me, I'm so sorry. And I'm not going to edit those out. I'm sorry. As far as I should turn my face away when I belch. I'm so sorry. I'm, I, at least my lips were closed. Okay. Next quote is, it's okay to be weird. It's even better to be kind. Stay weird, stay kind, stay awesome. Yes. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. 
Okay, but anyway, it looks like I have to wrap because I've gone too long. Okay, and last thing will be, it's okay if you're hurting. Cry, let it out. Eventually, you'll heal. Things will get better. Soon, things will be awesome times infinity. Okay, y'all. So, I'm Julie Kerr, writer and director of the uh, indie nerdy comedy Geekless Punk. And you can check out my website at www.juliekerrstudios.com. You can get discounts on all the awesome, cool stuff that um, that I sell on my website. And um, thank you so much for listening. And just remember to be awesome, feel awesome, and go where the love is, go where the goodness is, because goodness feels good, everything's going to be okay, and um, you're going to make it. Keep the faith. Okay, this is Julie Kerr signing off. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.